Hello there everybody and welcome to this week's Character Profile Bonus Podcast Spectacular. We are going to be talking about Peter Barlow, who has left the cobbles for the time being. Will he be back? I don't know. He says maybe. But um, I thought this would be a good chance to, to revisit his character because we last spoke about him in depth on the podcast way back in episode 40, which is in May 2013. And quite a lot has happened 11 then. 11 years 11 ago. 11 years ago. Gemma is here as well. It's not just me. In fact, Gemma's very, very important to this because you have been on a I special am. mission today, which was listening to the episode. I've not even listened to it. So, um... Did you find any any nuggets of gold in our Peter Barlow discussion circa 11 years ago? As you may recall, if you've been a long-term listener, we were a bit looser with the details back in the day. It was a bit of a potted <laughs> history of the early years of Peter you Barlow. You can't shut us up now. But um, we talked about the fact that uh, he'd had seven actors play him. Still, yeah, still not beating is that record. Is he the main? Is he the character who's had the most number of actors? No, I think there's somebody else, we did and talk I can't remember who it was. Is it Sarah? Is it Sarah Louise or Beth? No, Beth. No, I can't. I can't. I'm, I think there's somebody else that's close. I don't know, but yeah, um, Chris Gascoigne is the the one and only Peter Barlow in many of our hearts because he's certainly done it the longest. Well, he's been in it since the fortieth uh, anniversary yeah, where yeah, he yeah. pitched he's up. Been in it twenty three years, right? We also mentioned that at the time of the recording, he had had 937 appearances. Oh. However, yeah. the caveat for that is that he was uncredited as a baby yeah. in many of the episodes. So, so when when the baby appeared, if the baby wasn't in the credits, even though everyone knows that's Peter... Mm. Um, I think that's count. what they do with babies. I can't remember when they... Yeah, at what point, how old a baby is, needs to it be. Is, is it when it gets know. a line? It's difficult to know. Does this ba- is this the baby or is this just a plastic doll with a sheet on it? <laughs> We're not really sure. So um, we talk about his his history. So he's, he's been in one thousand nine hundred eleven episodes yeah. now. So he's racked up another thousand yeah, or so since we last profiled him. Um, I noticed something interesting when we were listening because obviously he'd gone away, he'd come back. Shaka. He was in the navy for a long time, and then he comes back to Corrie. And actually, he only starts becoming an alcoholic and having a drinking problem. When he's got to look after Simon. Yeah, he drove him to it, didn't he? It might be the case. Yeah, I think he was an alcoholic. Was it like 2008, 2009? He was an alcoholic. So it's, it's been a long, long, long standing story that they've kind of dipped in and out of over the years. And I'm glad that they did. It's very did, interesting that we kind of it's saw... a long term insolvable problem sometimes. The you... genesis of that issue. Because yeah. I think it would have been easy to have had him come back as an alcoholic. Um but they, we sort of watched the journey of him. Yeah, the descent. It doesn't feel like we've watched the journey of him becoming an alcoholic. It feels, I feel like he's been an alcoholic his whole life, it's but so that's not, not true. I mean, if you, like, the, the way that they obviously do issues stories on Coronation Street at the moment, sometimes, you know, I don't want to be too cynical about it or anything, but they do it. <laughs> they say, hey, everybody, we're raising awareness of this. Um, and anyway, next year, it's gone, it's over. They're either cured or the character's left or they've somehow miraculously not got OCD anymore. <laughs> but with, mm. with Peter... Um, we, that's it's been a constant part of his life and and a battle that he's had to well try and avoid his, getting back into. Well, you know, it's for eighteen years. Yeah, yeah, long yeah, Simon's yeah. been around. Yeah, um, which is you know most of his time because he came into it in when did you say two thousand and he he'd been on and off during that time, wasn't he? He went away for a while, um, and even in this stint that we're going to be talking about today, he's had a, a year and a half or so off, which is why I think although. Peter has left the show and he's saying, oh yeah, maybe I'll be back. And lots well, of people Chris say Gascoigne's that. Chris Gascoigne has left the show. I, I think that you can um, 
believe him when he says that we might see Peter again because quite often characters or actors leave and they say, oh yeah, the door's left open for me. But, you know, the wind's still blowing in and they haven't returned for a lot of them. So there is hope because I, I, I think it would be a shame if we didn't see Peter again. But then, you know, maybe... I'm not, I'm not thinking it's definitely, definitely going to happen. So. One of the th- queries we had was, can a co- character be recast as much as Peter Barlow has been in the current era of Coronation Street. And this was interesting because Mm. this was 2013. This was before Todd was recast. And I think Todd is one of the biggest high-profile recasts of of modern Corrie, along with, I would say, Ryan and Ali. Yes. I can't remember when when Rowan Prescott first came into it now, but I think it must have been since then. Because so... those two characters have been, had had a few actors, mm. haven't they? And, and um, so, so I, yeah, it's very interesting. Could there ever be a crack character in modern days where you have seven different I really, actors? I'm really not, I, I no, don't, I don't, think, I don't so. think so. I really don't think so. I think people are a bit more obsessed with it now. Mm. There's more tracking. There's people, the online, you know, community is, makes things like that more difficult actors perhaps are a bit more aware of the the fact that they're going to be criticised for how well they're performing compared to somebody else, which Mm. is not a great way to come in. I think some of the other soaps have had a few more recasts for some characters. Like EastEnders, is there like Bobby? Have they had something? I don't don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I think think that we're not going to get anyone who's had quite as many actors as... But it's Peter. a testament to the importance of the character of Peter Barlow that they've recast him so many times because a lot of other characters you'd say, well, just don't bother bringing him back. Mm, yeah. You might argue the opposite, you know, oh, he's such a major character, why have they recast him so much? Yeah. You should just pick one character, one actor and, <laughs> and keep it. But the fact that they, they've they put so much importance on this character and, and they really, you know, it's fast and loose for a long time as to who played him. Mm. I mean, at one point it was... Um, Will Roach's... Um... Yeah, son. Or grandson. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's because Peter was in and out of the programme, wasn't yes. he? He was like, he went off to Scotland, came back with a new head. And... Chris Gascoigne has done the same thing, but he's always been available Yes. to, to act as yeah. Peter since since his uh, appearance what else in that got? episode. Um, we uh Michael, you didn't really like him. You said you didn't mind him, but he's a bit boring. We both agreed he was a bit boring. Since he's come back, and uh, we didn't like the alcoholism story, so this was 2013. <laughs> I, I would, <laughs> I, I think I would say I've changed my mind, but my, my kind of current stance on Peter Barlow is that he's just completely and utterly reliable, he's solid. He's, I honestly think that Chris Gascoigne is one of the best actors, male actors that Corey has had in recent years. He just never, he never gets it wrong. When I somebody put it online recently, and this is exactly how I feel that when I'm watching him, I feel like I'm watching Peter Barlow. Peter Barlow. I don't feel like I'm watching Chris Gascoigne. And but, although I wouldn't put him ever on one of my favourite characters list, yeah. because he is, you know, he's not an exciting character necessarily. No. He's, a bloke. he's I, I absolutely think he's an important character and I and I think the show is worse without him. But but is that partially to do with the fact that Chris Gascoigne I don't know if this is wrong right or wrong really hasn't done a lot outside of Corrie that we've ever seen him in. I don't think so. And he's played that character for, you know, 23 years. I can't remember what he did before Coronation Street. Uh, he's done it, you know, when he when he went off um, he did 2015, things. 2016, he's, he's, he's done a bit on, of theatre work. Yeah, he's he just done work. panto. But yeah, he has I, I'd be, I'd be kind of interested to see how he would fare in a, 
you know, quote unquote proper drama. Whatever. I know, I know. But also, we. Because I think he could. We met Chris Gascoigne very briefly for like, what, five minutes? Yeah, and he's 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 Peter, isn't he? He's just a nice guy. Mm. He's a he's a normal, nice, intelligent, um, switched on. He's you know, I think he's just like Peter. I think he is, but without the alcoholism and and raging family issues. To to the smudge. He's just like he's just really chill, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's very chill. That's what happened when he came back in 2013. Because we talk about this. Oh yeah. He he came back. This after he'd been from LA. I think so. Yeah, and Mm. I think that that's what Chris Gascoigne is is rehabbed Peter. Yeah, I think you're right. I was thinking about Peter earlier in preparation for this, and one thing I really really appreciate about him is that I think he's one of the few older male characters that they haven't made silly. He's not an idiot. He's not an idiot. Cause yeah, you're right. I never thought about S- that. Steve is. Kevin kind of I mean, is. He's a bit of a joke. Made a fool Tim of clearly over, over Tommy, Tommy Orpington, Orpington just this week. As I can't. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Peter pitching no. up in the middle of this fangirling over Absolutely Tommy Orpington and going, "Great, brilliant." He'd be like, "All right, lads, yeah. uh, whatever floats your boat. I'll, he, that, I'll be in the pub." He, exactly that. Look at you know drinking Dev, my orange we, juice. I, I we love Dev. Yeah. I don't mind how they've made him silly, Steve. I'm. I do mind how they've made him silly, but there is not an ounce of silliness in Peter and, and that's what I really appreciate about him I don't, I don't know whether there's many other characters of his age that are like that just you know I, I'm, I'm in it for the drama just chilled you out um, you said well Rob, this was when Rob it was Rob versus Peter mm. for um, various reasons and you said he's a blank slate and you can give him anything who is Peter yeah yeah. And I think that's right. He reminds me a little bit of Gary because I remember a very long time ago with us talking to Simon Matthews and we had been slating Gary. This was before his stint as a as a mm. loan shark. Yeah. And I, th- I found Gary very boring. And she pointed out that Gary's one of those characters that you can put in a scene with anybody because mm. he's like an everyman and he he gets on with everybody. And, and Gary's still very much like that. He's a younger version almost of Peter Barlow yeah, in that he's made... relaxed he's not panicky if if I had a crisis and I knew Peter Barlow I'd probably give him a ring yeah and say help me Gary, my house is flooding Gary isn't hasn't there's been the odd scene here and there where they make him silly like do you remember when he was doing his exercises yes, in yes. the lounge like, don't don't do that to Gary don't um, and, and I, but they, I don't even think they ever tried that with Peter. No, but Peter's weakness that Gary doesn't have is that he's a bit of a womaniser. Mm-hmm. Um, and we said, you know, the fagging and shagging, for example, on the I boat. Know, I can't I imagine know. Gary doing that. <laughs> but we said, you said that you want him to stop fighting with Leanne and drinking. Yeah. And he did that very recently. What? Which bit? Stopping the drinking? Yeah, stopping I think the drinking and stopping fighting with Leanne. And I honestly think those two things made his character more interesting. I, I think, yeah, especially in recent years, we've not seen as much of him and Leanne together, have we? She's well, kind of lived her separate life. There's been a very no. strange raising of Simon. It's kind of been Leanne who's raised him, even there though Pete has been on the street. I know that the sort of Stan culture on, on social media is relatively new, but there weren't... I don't think there was anybody shipping Leanne and Peter, even though, you know, he's on his deathbed. I mean, they're, he married they're not Leanne. like Carter. No, I think that I, I I think there's there's something special about the two, the, Peter and Carla as mm. a couple. Um, 
you know, I, I never really was a big fan of them, personally, but I'm not going to deny those two characters didn't work really well together and didn't have a sort of chemistry that, that, that worked. Oh, yeah, they gelled ex... ex- but then I don't know what I'm going to say. They they gelled very very well together. Good job. Um, and very nice. I think oh, yeah, I think they fit more than Peter and Leanne do. They, they, they don't excite me, but I think they're solid. And and yeah. this, this is one of the reasons why we think it was so Nick- such a shame that the, they ended the way that they did, which didn't really make yes, sense. Yes, exactly. I mean, I've said that. We, Nick, Nick and Leanne again. work well, and and Carla and Peter work well. I think that those two couples in the Weatherfield washing machine, we used to call it, when they were jumping in each other's beds. I think they shook out into a a fairly reasonable... Because, you know, Leanne's so highly strung and Nick just rolls his eyes and squints. That's that's what she needs. That's what he needs. Um, Carla and Nick, um, and Peter, Peter. sorry, are, are quite... You know, they're like reformed addicts who are a bit chill now. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I think they've ended up with the right people. Well, yeah. Until Peter bogged off to Bill Bale. Well, we'll talk about that, <laughs> won't we? So now I think we can finally start. Yeah, so the last character profile ended, as I say, May 2013. And that was when he was butting heads with Rob because they were working together in the um, the bookies, bookies shop together. And I was thinking, it's been so long since we've seen Peter in retail, isn't it? He, that was his thing for so many years. He was he was a bookie. He we we often had years where there wasn't much bookying, but if he felt at home behind a counter, just you know with a pen in his mouth, and 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 we've not he, he's been. Am I dumb? But what is his job now? He's kind of a kind of a cabbie now. He's been hasn't oh, that's he? Right. Yeah, but yeah, not yeah. really. He's not. We've not seen a whole lot of streetcar action in the last few years, but I, I kind of do no, miss right. him he, dispensing advice every from so the other often, side of a counter. He drives around in it. But he, that's what he likes doing, though. It's a shame that it never worked out with him being a, a landlord. Because he does like telling people what to do. <laughs> and being a taxi driver and a bartender works for that. Yeah. But um, before he was a bookie in the bookies, he also had that um, the bar with Leanne. So he's been in the oh, hospitality yeah, and retail. Yeah, yeah. And it's always been customer-facing, all of his jobs. Mm. Which I think works for him because he see, really does seem like the he kind of like guy. He's like a people person. Who, somebody who you could get in a car with and like you tell him your life story. Yeah. And you get to where you're going and you're like, you know what? It's been really nice talking to you. And he's like, same to you. But he's probably <laughs> like, you're not even the most interesting person I've met today. <laughs> well, I, I would say he gets on with everybody, but he certainly wasn't getting on with Rob back in 2013. <laughs> so just to remind um, everyone who Rob is Rob, Carla's brother, half brother ish. Yes, and um, what? Tracy's. Yeah, Tracy's standing love. Exactly, exactly. No, not long standing. Not as long as uh, not as long as Tristan Jamil's. Uh, what was his <laughs> Robert Preston? Wasn't him, was it? It's not the same she person. Had a thing for Roberts. Anyway, Robert is. Rob- a, yeah, but make it obvious because not everyone Rob, listening knows the difference between Rob and Rob. I'm sure, they do. Rob Donovan ended up. Um, putting a really high bet on at the bookies, which Peter accepted, even though he knew that he wouldn't have the money to cover it. And um, he kind of made a bit of a mistake there because Rob won and the whole bookies was bankrupted. So Rob's like, well, okay, so I I know you're not going to be able to pay me back. So how about in in lieu of that, I lease the premises for you 
and um, then and on and maybe me and Tracy can live there rent free for six months. And Peter's basically got no choice. So Rob and Tracy open up Barlow's Buys, which is a blast from the past, isn't it? The uh, the pawn shop that was there for not too long, right? Like, like, two, three, four years. I don't know. It had a copy of Windows ninety five. I remember there, Windows ninety five CD there. Time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're, they're they're running that shop. Peter at that point moves to the factory to work with Carla. Clearly, is is ego is obviously bruised he was the, the you know, ruled the roost at the bookies and now he's he's working for Carla um who he is engaged to be married of uh, to at the time of course now it all started to go a bit funny around that autumn because and I don't know whether we'd have picked it up if we hadn't seen the previews about what was going to happen but mm. I, I, I distinctly remember a scene where he was in the pub and then Tina kind of sidles up to him at the bar and it and was like why are they? Why are they having a scene together? Oh, this is the beginning of that affair that they said would happen, and it was a very quick falling in lust with affair sort of, wasn't it? Because in the space of it feels like it was just weeks, but maybe it was a month. I don't know. Um, they were Pete, Carla and Peter were married, and then at the reception, Tina snogs Peter, and they start this illicit affair together and it was it was bizarre and I remember thinking why on earth would they do this they are not suited to each other he's so so much older than her she wouldn't be interested in him it kind of felt like a Kevin and Molly situation again didn't it like why put these together is it just for the shock value or what but actually it did lead into a great story but it, yeah a really really rocky start and Chris Gascoigne at the time said well you know Peter adores Carla but he feels a bit neglected he even tells Tina that despite everything Carla's done for him he's still not happy Peter knows it's not a good idea to be around Tina but he really doesn't want to stop seeing her um so do you remember much about what you thought of uh, that story as it was yeah uh, I remember thinking it was silly mm. all the way through I was like this is dumb I don't see what she what she's seeing in him i mean i can see why the attraction of an older man towards a younger woman but but the other way around i've never got and he, i've never understood and he and he, he had the baggage of being an alcoholic which she knew about i, I can fix him yeah i don't she, i will say she, she, she could turn the head of any guy her I age i will say michelle keegan and chris gascoigne sold the hell out of this story mm. I, I was not convinced with the logic but they they you know they convinced me as far as the performance went they did a fantastic job both of them I just do you not think yeah yeah oh God, well, absolutely they did it just felt unusual to so me that he, he had he had Carla there who's a who's a lovely woman ready to you know she, she walked he walked down the aisle to her she you know what's it he she walked down the aisle to him and He's just been he's just been a bit greedy to be honest. Oh, but, you think it's greedy? Yeah. I yeah. You think it's just immo- I would say immoral. Both, both. But you're like, hmm, I could have a piece of that, but I'm not greedy. <laughs> um so anyway, we leave uh, two thousand and thirteen with them having secret sexy times together. Carla has got no idea. Two thousand and fourteen, Gemma, I pass to you. Well she can't cope, Tina, with the, them keeping this relationship a secret. And when Carla won't leave when when Peter won't leave Carla she goes to London she can't cope but she returns the next month oh yeah Tina disappeared off for a bit didn't she that was weird it was uh, it's the sort of thing that happens not infrequently nowadays that a character just disappears off for a while and then we think well what was the point of that and I, I we, we didn't know at the time what this was leading up to I think Tina um 
I think Michelle Keegan had said around that time, oh, yes, I'm leaving. We didn't know when exactly. And I think when she went off to London this time, some people thought, oh, is that it then? Is that her going? But um, no, there was certainly a, certainly a bit more to come for her that year, wasn't I mean, there? she was an incredibly popular, popular character. She was, you know... Daisy, Sexy a soap star. Daisy Levels, Oh, yeah, yeah. She, she was, she was the Charlotte Jordan. Probably more popular than the... Daisy because she yeah. didn't have a, quite such a complicated um, backstory as Daisy. Mm. You know, she, she didn't make as many bad mistakes. This was probably the biggest yeah. mistake that she ever made. And boy, did she pay for it. <laughs> so Tina comes back the following month and she decides to stay t- with Rita because this is when Dennis had bugged off with, with Gloria. Yeah. And they resume their affair. And Carla discovers that Peter's booked a hotel room and he ends up taking her instead of Tina, which is always the, the cliche <laughs> soap story. Um, and she gets, Tina gets really annoyed, especially when Carla comes back and she's like, oh, we had a great time. It's really great. We all, he said, I can have whatever I want out of the minibar. Carla finds out, and this might surprise some people who are new listeners, she's pregnant. She, she didn't have a baby. She was going to terminate it, but she can't quite bring herself to do it. Meanwhile, Tina's also thinking that she's up the duff, but luckily she's not. Yeah, double pregnancy scare. That's a classic. I mean, honestly. Classic story beat for an affair, isn't it? For like how free and, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Bohemian. Peter has has been with his penis over the years. I'm surprised that Simon's his only. Oh, he's got other There's kids gonna, around. He's he right. Of all the Girl in every port, literally. He's so ripe for having millions of secret children. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for Corey to use that 23andMe or like, you know, I, I did a, a, a DNA test and you came up on my family tree thing. Mm. That's such... That's... They've got to do that story scene because I'm dying for they, it. To they've had more and more stories in recent years of, oh, I've got a secret child that I never knew about, like Steve with Emma or or even Carla with Johnny, but still still well, not gone there yet. Carla with, Peter. with Bobby. But Carla with Bobby, exactly. But that's not All her these child, No, no, no. It's all... more difficult for a woman to have a secret child. <laughs> yeah, not realised. But yeah, of everyone, Peter, he must do, mustn't he? But it keeps the Barlow dynasty strong if ever there's um, a need to reinvigorate it. I'd like a Lady Barlow. Yeah, well, no, I mean, no, we haven't got Susan. I haven't had Susan for 20, yeah. 22-odd years. Yeah. Mm. Right, so Peter hits the bottle. Surprise, surprise. After spending the night in a and b with, with Steve, because he doesn't want to go home, he opens up to him about the affair. And then when Carla finds out about the drinking, she says he's got to go to a rehab centre. I, I think I remember those scenes. with I can picture Steve and, Pete, and Peter in a bed together. And him so, kind of opening up, you, you know, I, I got no. really vague memories of that. But I think I do. Well, when Peter comes back, he has to deal with Simon being stroppy. Sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> um, he's he's got every cause. I poor think, Simon, honestly. The the key factor that that has led Simon to become the grumpy git that he is these days is terrible parenting. Now, but of course, Peter didn't have the best upbringing himself. You could say, well, he, yeah, he, he was he was raised by the uh, the Tatlocks, wasn't he, up in Scotland? But, but he's Peter- just been so useless. He's, even when he's in Weatherfield, he doesn't have Simon living with him half the time. Ken has a legacy of very poor abandonment of, of his kids. And both Daniel and Peter really have hallmarks of, of that early trauma, don't mm. you think? Yeah. So anyway, um, he's got to cope with Simon being mad and he also has to cope with the fact that Rob is starting to be suspicious of the fact that he and Tina are having it away. 
Peter tries to finish with Tina, but she says, no, let's go to Portsmouth together because she's seen an advert where it looks a bit like Dubai. <laughs> After hearing that Peter's going to stay in Weatherfield with Carla, Tina then threatens to tell Carla about the affair, but Peter does it first. And this is when we have the Tina whodunit storyline yeah. where we know that Tina's going to be Tina. killed and we don't know why. And we suspect that it perhaps was Peter because he was being threatened by her. But actually, it turns out it was Rob. Well, it would have been quite convenient for Peter if Tina had just ceased Died. to live. Yeah. So the reason Rob kills her is that she knows about some dodgy dealings with Tracy at this pawn shop. Yeah, they've been... Um... Yeah, not not being so honest with the pawning. And during the investigation of Tina's death, Peter gets questioned, Carla gets arrested, and then she loses the baby. Mm. Rob tries to blame Peter for all of this, and then at uh, the funeral of Tina, they have a fight at the graveside, <laughs> which is fantastic. Does it, I think that like one of them gets punched into the grave. I think I think, I, I think right. maybe Peter gets punched into Tina's grave. How this traumatic is, would this that is be? Great, Sorry, but, but they would, I would never get over that. Mm. So this was top drama. Top. I, Rob Donovan. Uh, everyone always says it's such a shame that he had to leave Coronation Street as soon as he did. Mark Bayless was absolutely he cracking was great. actor, wasn't he? And he kind of really took a bullet by taking on this story that meant got, that he had to go to jail eventually. He's got that look, doesn't he? He's got that real kind of intense, villainous kind of, but poetic kind of kind of look to him. Mm. He's got a great face for. Soap. And he he made really good. Boyfriends for for Tracy. Yeah, she. I honestly think that that Rob. They were brilliantly matched. Rob was the love of her life. Yeah. So, um, Carla thinks that Peter's killed Tina, and they split up. But then she starts flirting with Luke because you know age is not a barrier for Carla, <laughs> and they plan to move to Victoria Court to get away from him, which is not really far enough as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Now, Rob had. The reason that people were suspecting Peter eventually well, it was because suspecting, suspecting Peter of killing, killing Tina was because Rob had planted one of her bracelets around the back of number one, hadn't yes. he? In the uh, in the owl house, Eccles eventually sniffed it out the dog, um, and so and and so Carla was convinced that he did it, and he gets arrested. Eventually. Well, Tracy and, finds this bracelet. Yeah. I think she knows and what it is. Starts wearing it, yeah. and then that's why Peter gets arrested. Mm. Then he gets depressed because he thinks that well, Deirdre, he realizes. Deirdre and Tracy suspect him of doing this. Mm. And then Ken returns from Canada. And I think, uh, from what I know of Coronation Street real life, this may have been when he was, when William Roach was cleared of some unpleasant charges. And uh, he returns from Canada and helps Peter to clear his name. He's literally the the only person that believes Peter's innocence here. So, inside prison, Peter meets up with Jim McDonald. And Jim McDonald is the landlord of the prison. He's supplying illicit booze. That was his nickname, wasn't it? Yeah. The landlord. And this, he's... I, I love this. We, I can't remember whether we've even had like a proper in-prison story since Not this one. Not for a long one. time. You get the odd scene here and there, don't you? But this was yeah. a, no, we are going to be regularly revisiting this to, to have a story going on between the inmates. And bringing back Jim McDonald, who... I think he stopped coming back, but he was always... I, I don't you know, think he'll be back. We, we, uh, very rarely would a couple of years go by that we wouldn't see Jim. But having him in that setting um, was, was brilliant. And those two very kind of serious, tough guy characters were, were perfect. And big names too. I- icons. Yeah. yeah. 
I think because the cast is so big, it's difficult to become as iconic as some of these big names are now. Mm. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, so yeah, he takes advantage of Peter's um, penchant for the booze, doesn't he? And he tries to blackmail him and he's plying him with beer and uh, Peter ends up drinking himself to death. Not death. <laughs> what did I even say? Nearly to death. Nearly to death. <laughs> Lands himself in intensive You're going to read it out. You might as well no, 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 say sorry. actually what happened. Rather yeah, than... yeah, I know. So I just took over a bit there. I don't He's think... trying to get the McDonald's to visit him as Jim. Yeah. So he uses Peter. He bribes him with booze. Yeah, he wants and Liz then... to come and say hello. You, you carry on. No, no, no. Go for it. Liz tells Jim she wants nothing to do with him when she visits him. And then he cuts Peter off. Mm. He hunts for this stash. He finds the stash that Jim's made and he drinks himself into intensive care <laughs> and Carla visits Peter on what he thinks is his deathbed and you know this isn't the first time that Peter's had a deathbed in the no. in the past what even like two, two or three years because he was on his deathbed when he married Leanne I, I don't think there's been a character that's had quite so many near-death experiences as Peter Barlow well you've had that many heads I mean he's had seven lives now he's uh, uh, yeah, good he's point. got to watch his back <laughs> so she she believes that he, he no, he tells her. Sorry, he. I will keep it a secret, my love, Carla, that you killed Tina. Yeah, he thinks that she did it because he knows he didn't. So that makes him realise, just as you might do if you're a traitor in the final scene, <laughs> that if somebody's throwing a red into the fire on the last round, it means they're not a traitor. Yeah. Use your brain. So Carla realises that Peter, therefore, is innocent. Because you're not going to use your, like, deathbed final... Just to keep up the lie. Just to kind of keep your alibi up. <laughs> no. So, the Barlows beg Liz to visit Jim regularly. He's fine now. Peter's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, because Peter's going to be safe. And then... Um, Jim gets in trouble because Steve reveals that he's got a secret phone and he gets separated and he can't protect Peter anymore. Then Peter has his trial and then this is when Deirdre goes to bed to stay because the actress was sick. Um, Peter gets found guilty and he is sentenced to a minimum of 15 years. But Peter gets released because Rob confesses to Tracy after he escapes and he run around or something under I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, you get a bit turns of a him around in, on the wedding day. But too much water is passed into the bridge between him and Carla. So Peter moves to Portsmouth after making peace with Simon. So this is another one. So this is why long-term fans of 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 Peter Barlow, Chris Gascoigne, Coronation Street, when Chris Gascoigne goes, none of us are thinking well, I'm going to get you something engraved with the dates. Because he goes and he comes back very often. So this is another time when he... And this isn't, you know, we're, we're only, what, a year into us talking about his... Yeah. And he's gone again. Mm. I think I think he knows he's good. And I think he knows he's valued and respected Well, he probably there. gets paid loads and he probably doesn't need to work. And because of his being part of this legacy family, it's so it must be so easy to slot back in. It's not like, oh, I can't stay away too long because there might not be any Barlows left by the time I want to get it's back to really, it. really... I mean, he's fortunate because there have been many talented characters who've played... Who've played uh, t- sorry, talented actors who've played characters that aren't as integral to the story of Coronation Street. But he's just in the right place at the right time. He's got the talent and the skill to play Peter Barlow. So he can basically say... 
do you mind if I'm in it from March March to August next year? And they mm. will say, yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he even said then, he's, at the time that Chris Gascoigne said, I will come back. I've always said I'll come back. Don't have a certain time span in my head for when that'll be, but it's years more than months. But how do you know for certain? Who knows what's going to happen all that time down the line? So he absolutely, he just wanted a break. He wanted to maybe try some different things. I mean, even more so every year and year on year, the... With the amount of episodes and the amount of uh, the length of the episodes, it becomes more and more challenging mm. to be on Corey. Yeah, and I can see why he wants to dip in and out. So mm. any, uh, any, I'm, so, I'm just so honestly, Chris Gascoigne, does he live the ultimate life? Is it like the best job in the world to be Peter Barlow? You can just walk in one day and say, get any any stories for me. Hey, I'm cool. I'm back. I can cry over a bottle of whiskey. (laughs) Any any particular memories or thoughts now with all this way removed from it for the uh, the landlord story with Jim and Peter? I know you loved it. I think I did. Because you love Jim. I I really, really love Jim, even when he is used badly. And I I wouldn't say that this is one of Jim's best stories. (laughs) I just really appreciate having Jim on the show. Um, just because of his great acting chops and hard man demeanour that we don't have anybody quite like that anymore. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I just love that he was, um, yeah, rule that rule in the roost there, really. I, th- I, th- I think it was good. What did you think? I mean, you like Jim more than me. That's why I asked you to talk about it, because Jim is fine. I like Jim. Um, I, it, it didn't was, connect to me in the same way as it did to you. But it didn't I think mean, it was the beginning. By any means that I didn't enjoy it, mm. I'm just saying that it had a deeper meaning to you. I think it was more the beginning of we are going to turn Jim into a bit of a bad guy now. And I know he's always had his bad side, you know, beating up Liz and what yes, have you. Yes. But this was he was purposefully manipulating Peter over a long period of time. And I think with Peter, obviously having a weakness for for the alcohol. Um, it just it really meshed well for me and it was a fun fun little storyline that lasted what a month or so and, and like I said we haven't really had an in prison story for, for quite a while since I suppose we've had like maybe little ones do you remember when Abby and Sally were together in prison together I suppose that's an in prison story it's just nice to have character an ex-character who we know has been sent away and usually what that means is we're never seeing that character ever again yeah but actually Oh no, they are there. Of course they're there. And we always wonder that like, when somebody gets sent away, is is someone else going to be coming? Is, is somebody going to turn around the, the corner gap. and say, "Hey, remember me? Remember me? I'm yeah. I'm in here. Let's have a story together. I know you from the outside." Um, okay, so 2015, we didn't get to see much of Peter at all. Um, you mentioned earlier that Anne Kirkbride left the show in late 2014 because of her health issues. We did not expect to not see her again, but sadly, after Anne and their Therefore, Deirdre's um, passing in 2015, Peter made a brief return. I think it was about three episodes or so, and it involved him coming back for the funeral, having a row with Tracy and Ken about something or other, and then bogging off to Antigua with a job for a chartered boat company. Um, and, and that's all we hear from Peter that year, apart from... I think this was the time that Simon was beating Leanne up. Yeah, and, remember uh, that? Yeah, and, and then so Leanne sent Simon off to live with Peter for a little Have bit. Have we done a Simon character profile? Yeah, yeah we've done him. We've done him. We've done, we've done pretty much everybody at this yeah. point. Um, and then on to 2016, again, 
Simon goes to stay with him. I think it was a quite good opportunity whilst Alex Bain was probably doing some exams or something <laughs> if they wanted to have him disappear from the show for a stint of time. Oh, he's just going to stay with Peter. But he, if Peter was back in October and this is part of um, produ- then producer Kate Oates's drive to bring the Barlows back as the central linchpin Love family it. of the street. And uh, what what an amazing move that was. I hadn't even realised before she d- declared that that was what her intentions were that we'd kind of were missing that with the Barlows because we at the time were very it happy the that the Platts were the main family and, and the Barlows I suppose at the time were well you know they're, they're there they're a, they're an important family they got a lot of history I'll but you, you know what, we though. got Ken we got Tracy that's it that'll do that for me Gail Potter she got an all right to think she's central to the show she's <laughs> just an interloper she's newer than than Ilda Ogden and I've always said that she was a newcomer <laughs> um but yeah, they were just totally reinvigorated because they brought yeah, Peter back. I think brilliant. Adam was brought back for this one as well. Yep. And, and Daniel, obviously, as well. This is when Rob Mallard came onto the cast. Kate Oates, just fantastic. What a great idea. I, in, we sung her praises many times before. We definitely a lot more positive about her stint as producer, you know, and I think Ian McLeod gets a lot of stick unfairly because there have been many challenges that he's had to face. Mm. But um, some of Kate Oates' biggest great ideas were just phenomenal and this was one of them I was thinking like are there any families now that they could say well let's chuck a few of the old characters back in and reinvigorate them I certainly think the Grimshaws could do with Grimshaws reinvigorating need to kick up the arse. we haven't seen very much of Eileen at all in the last right. few years but bring back Jason yeah. could work but even then even it's not even recast Jason I know that we've, we've spoken I about it being sacrilege and um, I know the actor is incredibly popular what's his Ryan Thomas Ryan Thomas super popular he's got his own stuff going on I doubt he'll ever come back to Corrie so if that's one of the reasons why you don't want to bring the Grimshaws back I say forget it cast somebody new as as Jason get those Grimshaws going get um, Holly back the kid there's only so many of them though aren't there like well Dylan's uh, well Dylan's not one is he no No. he's not Todd's not getting any children Jason's not got any children so far, as far as we know but even if he did I, I I don't know maybe like bring the Websters back together I think if we had Sophie and Rosie back on again and, and Gina maybe, no don't you dare get Gina back in maybe that can, I, I just I don't know whether there are any families that I can currently think of in the street where they would have such a but, big impact as those reunited Barlows did at the end of 2016 yes but remember though Adam and Daniel, nobody was going, where's Adam and Daniel? Where are the Barlows? Where's Adam and Daniel? I haven't seen them for ages. Bring them back. Mm. There are so many random characters. Like, think about Debbie Webster. No one was going, where the hell is Debbie Webster? She's come back in. She's a bloody force of nature. Yeah. I think that... There are so many opportunities for random relatives and, and people to be recast that almost... Any family that's been in the show for, I'm going to say, 30 years or more has got an opportunity to... Well, I mean, they they could do it with the McDonald's, couldn't they? If, if if the showrunners and indeed the actors were up for it, having Steve, Liz, Jim, Andy, um, yeah, Tracy, yeah, Amy. yeah, Tracy, Amy, maybe even like Chuck, Karen, and Becky into the mix. That that would be, I suppose, that that would be equivalent. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I think. I do think that there've been a bit of a decim uh, decim. <laughs> decimalisation <laughs> of families in recent years. I think that the the last time anyone put a concerted effort into building up a family it was the Barlows with mm. with um 
with, with uh, this story. Yeah. And uh, before then, it the Platts. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know much about the soaps, but I know that there are big, big families in other, you know, like the McQueens and the Dingles, etc. Um, is there any room for two big families? That's my question. Because I would be fine if it was just the Bylers and the Platts. Because they've got all the all the people they need. You don't need to bring extra people in to bolster someone else when you've got these big, really great dynasties that I just, have all this history. You're and... right, but I think since these the, the Barlows were brought back together then, it does feel like that they've kind of dissipated a bit. Yeah, they have. But Adam doesn't have a whole lot to do with them anymore. He barely remembers Ro- his um, Barlow. Yeah, Daniel's got his own stories. Peter's gone now. Simon has got nothing... You know the the Barlows are almost back to where they Square were pre Kate Oates, which right. is which is sad, really. And but... I mean, with let's not be let's not mince words here. Ken's only got a certain amount of time left, and if they want to solidify the Platts as an important family, they do need to start the Barlows. Sorry, the Barlows. Yeah, they do need to start passing the baton on a bit. Mm. And now Peter's gone too. Um, whereas the Platts just go from strength to strength because Audrey. Gail and then and then David and Sarah. Yeah, and they, they Max seem is to very stretch. strong. Hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure Lily will either get bigger parts or be recast. Hmm. I've got a lot. I think there's a lot of potential for her. Yeah. So yeah. what about the Barlows? Hmm. They've, Any, they've kind of like dwindled, haven't they? Really, because yeah. it's only really Amy, Amy and and Amy, Simon. Amy, Simon. There's Tracy. Yeah. No, but they're the young generation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, Peter. The reason that Peter came back to this, I don't know whether they had a reason actually, but it's within within. Well, I'm going to say it might even be the same episode, but it's at least within a week of him being back. He's arguing with Ken, and Ken has a stroke, which is <laughs> a master stroke of a storyline to us because that was not previewed beforehand was it no we did not know that ken was going to collapse from a oh, stroke in the episode somebody did say by accident oh yes like maybe helen worth might have accidentally <laughs> dropped it on the morning tv show you're how right, she's actually. supposed to remember but i don't i don't know i don't think that i'd seen that I, no I don't, I don't think we but knew the, the whole the whole thing was ken's had a stroke the whole clan just come from far and wide yeah. to look after him and this is when we get introduced to daniel um but peter decides to stay on even though Tracy's blaming him for the stroke because he was arguing with Ken at the time with it and his role is kind of to play peacemaker because everyone's just at each other's throat and Peter, like we said before, is the the wise guru of Coronation Street and I think that that role suited him quite nicely. Uh, Particularly Adam and Daniel didn't see eye to eye at all back in the early days. Um, Nick, obviously, is very annoyed that Peter's back on the scene having been rivals in the past uh, because he thinks that he's going to go after Leanne again and he's going to spoil this family setup that he's got with Simon because back then you had Leanne was looking after Simon uh, and Nick was kind of the de facto dad, wasn't he? You would never believe that Leanne was no biological relation to Simon at all. She's kind of pinched him, hasn't she? (laughs) Why not? Um, but I tell you the, what, if Simon was my son, she could have him. <laughs> so, so so Peter's is being a little bit kind of elusive at that time, and, and Nick's trying to look for any kinks that he can exploit. But kinks, the, yeah. <laughs> I heard you like wearing armor. high heels at night. Well, there may have been some kinks. I don't know because <laughs> the next time we see Peter, he's in bed with Artoya, who's back after a what seventeen-year absence. Was he likes it, I a think? spicy wasabi peed rolled across either. his no, nipples. It wasn't that long. No, yeah. Well, exactly. So 
Peter has had been having a secret affair with Toya. <laughs> that was revealed on a... Christmas Day, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Christmas Day episode we were like, of 2016. What? I can't remember whether we knew that Toya was coming back. It's been too long now. I'm not. I'm not sure. But um, it's it's. An well, o- you love a return. Yeah, yeah, I love it. We'd already really enjoyed Sally and Matthews coming back as Jenny. Mm. And so this was like another. I think we had spoken before. We, we'd spoken before yeah. about like what are some classic characters who've not been in the show for 10, mm-hmm. 15 years could come back. And yeah. we liked the idea of it being Toya. I mean, we weren't to know back then just how much we'd enjoy her in this, this second no. uh, roll of the dice. But yeah, um, so this obviously put the cats among the pigeons eventually when it came out because Peter had been in a relationship for so long with so long with Leanne, and now he's knocking off her sister. Um, but yeah, very exciting end to the year there. And we're kind of we were even lucky that we even came back because he he'd said in in one interview in that um, gap that he was finding it really really tough in his last stint as Peter workload wise. Um, in, in one of the interviews he said all I was doing was learning the lines being at Coronation Street every day reading the scripts at weekends I had no balance talked to the producer about it and she was really responsive hopefully this time will be slightly different and I can have a little bit of a life so um, yeah that was what he said at the time was his reason for leaving before just needed to get off that train and um, he was he was reinvigorated by the end of 2016 and he'd, he'd had a few interesting side projects during the gap my favourite one that I'd seen pictures of and I, I really wish that we'd have been able to see this on stage somehow was when he acted alongside David Nielsen who plays Roy in uh, in this play called Endgame which is an adaptation of um, Samuel Beckett's story and the pictures of this thing it it seems it's like it it seemed like it was one of these one room plays Um, they they even performed at the the home theatre in Manchester where we saw Sue Devaney last year and it had David Nielsen dressed He's just in. He was in a wheelchair, was he, or in a rocking chair? I can't remember. And he had he had glasses on, like shades, because he was blind. He I think. Looked and he looked like he had a Doctor Robotnik. Yeah, he, he was just. It was just. It, they were basically living in a hovel. These characters, and it was just these these filthy men living in apparently limbo between life and life and death. Chris Gascoigne's character looked like a kind of. Um, a village idiot sort of character or yeah, a, a lurch uh, kind of in long johns yeah. Um, yeah so I don't know whether anyone that, who, who's listening I'd to this I'd love to have seen it this is why whenever fun. somebody's performing I always say we should go and see it mm, yeah um, so that that was cool that they've been able to do that um, so maybe they'll re, re, uh, return to those roles maybe, again just maybe. for us yeah how much um, do you think it cost if we asked them I, I to don't. do a private performance for us? But probably a fair amount. What do you amount. reckon it'd be? Seriously, what do you reckon it'd cost? Hundreds. Because you know these um, Saudi princes like d- fly Beyonce over for like a million pounds to do a birthday party. I don't think they'd. I think they'd. It'd do be it for less, less than, than that, wouldn't it? It'd be slightly less. So. There are two of them. <laughs> so that's got to bear that in mind. Well, it's kind of when you look back at Peter and Toya in a relationship, which is the, the big shocker at the end of the year. What's your kind of thoughts on them as a couple? Could it have worked? Did they suit each other, no, or was it just a bit of a, a mistake, but a good way to get her back in the show? I'm not. I'm not sure because the whole thing was tied up with Toya's obsession with babies, which she's forgotten about, and that was one of the really fascinating driving 
like central tenets of her character for quite a long time in her return, wasn't it? Yeah. She wanted a baby so badly. She went to great lengths. It was very exciting. It was all very soapy. I wonder whether Corrie feels like, oh, I don't know if we can do that kind of thing anymore. I don't know, because the last time we had a baby-obsessed woman, she was like the, you know, the the antagonist. That was uh, Esther and Mike. Yeah. Um, I think... Corey's a bit scared sometimes of doing... I don't know, are they scared of doing really soapy things? Toya was still Toya obsessed with the baby formed... whilst she was with Imran. It wasn't that long ago. Well, yeah. She was a bit more obsessed back in the day when she was snatching babies, mm. though. I think that... Um, I mean, I suppose, were they well-suited, <coughs> you could say Toya has always had a bit of an interest in the older man. She, she was dating her college lecturer, Spider, of yeah. course. This is back, you know, in the early 2000s. And now Peter. Um, possibly, you know, could it be father figure replacement all she ever knew was Well, she's was never Les. had a very stable home life, had she? No, no. Because she... Leanne and Toya have different parents. Mm. Yeah, the, and I think Toya to, to spent a lot of her that. life growing up with just Janice, I think. Yeah, um, so Janice is Toya's mum and Leanne yeah. was uh, Les's daughter. Mm. And then that couple got together and they became yeah. family. Peter, obviously, we'd seen with the relationship with Tina, liked the younger girl. And there, there isn't as much a difference between girl. Peter and Toya as there was with, with Peter and Tina. Um, <laughs> uh, but I guess that as as somebody that was relatively calm and sensible as Toyo is maybe that was quite good for Peter he realised that you know he can't party for the rest grounded. of his life for, and yeah and she maybe helped ground him and but... she's not quite as flamboyant as Carla you know Carla lives large doesn't she she yeah. really does she she does she, she, Carla is one for extravagance where <laughs> yeah, Peter really right. really isn't he was just mm. you know man's man happy with the simple life and that's probably what Toya would have eventually offered him, but yeah, back when they first got together, it was it was very raunchy and secret. And <laughs> wasn't it. Um, do you want to do you want to run down 2017 and their ill ill fated um, stint as landlord and landlady? Well, Peter's worried because uh, Leanne and Nick are planning to move to Edinburgh with Simon. Oh no! Because um, you know, in Coronation Street, you, if you want to run away, you go to Southampton or Edinburgh or London or London. Toya's ex shows up. I forgot his name. Greg. <laughs> I tell um, Toby. Wants Toby. her permission to destroy their embryos. And this is where we get into the story. We get of, the background. This is where we find out the, the genesis. Toya's been trying Toya's... to have a baby yeah. for a while. And he says to Peter, she is mad about babies. and She's going to bleed you dry. She's been doing it to me. It's not going to work out. Just bear that in mind. Mm. Then we get Chloe Moneybags. <laughs> Tipton. Um, he That's gets a name head... we haven't mentioned in the podcast for a good five or six yeah, years. Chloe Moneybags. Blast from the past, Chloe Moneybags. I barely remember what she did. She well, was... she turns Peter's head. He and Toya are rowing about the fact that she really wants to be a mum and she might not have been completely upfront with Peter about this. Mm. Um, but eventually he agrees to have a baby with her and he decides to sell the florists and buy the rovers. And everyone's like, oh, is that a good idea? Because you are an alcoholic. But Toya's like, no, it will be fine. And it, uh, because we can use the money for IVF. And it was fine, wasn't it? They were able to resist the temptation of having the very, very obvious story. I of, don't think Peter ever really became... No, he was able to... Fall, fell off the wagon. Resist, yeah, yeah. The, the, the whispers from the whiskey. And, uh, mm. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was great. And, uh, and 
Right, so Chloe becomes more obsessed with Peter and she try he tries to hide, hide this from Toya, but eventually Chloe turns up at the pub and starts going on about all these lies she's made up about Peter, including the fact that he's fallen off the wagon and Toya's upset, so she splits up with him. Mm-hmm. And then Peter misses an IVF appointment because he's been arrested. Because this is when another great storyline idea for the, for the Barlows from Kate Oates, who pushed Ken down the stairs? I think that... This idea must have come first, the who pushed Ken. And then it was like, how are we going to make everyone? How are suspicious. we going to lay the groundwork for it? Oh, we need more Barlows around Ken. Brilliant. So it was all building up Such to this. Such a brilliant idea. Britain's Got Talent Week in 2017. I loved it. And yeah, everyone was a suspect, including Peter. And uh, yeah, as you say, because he was arrested one time, he missed an IVF appointment. So, so yeah, uh, Toya agrees to put the IVF on hold, especially when he says that he and Chloe had kissed. But she tells Leanne that secretly she's had the embryos implanted. But it doesn't work. But it doesn't work. And she gets refused further IVF treatment. She's certainly a trial, wasn't she? But then a woman called Jackie Ainsworth says, I will be your surrogate, Peter and Toya. Then in December... Billy tells Peter. <laughs> this is a, yeah, this is the this is the Billy and Peter story, wasn't it? The old was, Susan Barlow thing. Many people might point to this as somewhat of a jump the shark moment. Jump the shark right over the cliff. This was. Billy tells Peter um, that he was involved in Susan's death. Do you remember the details of it? What do you mean? Of how Billy was involved in? in yeah, he was. Susan's he was a death. druggie. And he was in a car with a bunch of other joggies. Yeah. They, and they, 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 they ran him off the road. They, they lived a life of crime. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So um, that's why Susan's car... Go on. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, I thought so. On Christmas <laughs> Day, Peter then gets Billy drunk. He ties him up in the back of the car. Sound like Peter? <laughs> and he um, takes him to the so edge of the cliff. such a reasonable man, that Peter. In a quarry. And he says, I'm going to um, push you off because you killed my sister. And then he accidentally falls off anyway. He was just he was just trying to scare him, wasn't he? <laughs> How many times have I dropped someone off a cliff trying to scare him? <laughs> I'm going to give it a couple more goes and then I'm going to stop doing it. Because <laughs> I'm just a bit worried that I might cause to kill someone. But as we know from Coronation Street, you can jump off a cliff and it's fine. Yeah, if you're Billy. So, um, the Barlows close ranks about around Peter after he tells Ken what he's done. And they all... Like, there's a bit where, like, Billy goes to see Ken and it's like the Bloomin' Mafia. And Ken's I, like the Don, isn't he? I think, like, it, I think there was a scene where shut. Billy was in the hospital bed and I and I can remember uh, Ken looking over in, him. Yeah. Just like, yeah, like the Don, like you said. We did, we, I think we didn't reference that at the time. Uh, but he's basically like the... You know the head of the the family, and he's like, "Keep your mouth shut, or we'll tell you, we'll tell, tell the police everyone. what you did to Susan." Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, the big, parishioners big year that was for Peter. The parishioners of Billy's Church were scandalised by the gay marriage, but imagine what they would say <laughs> if it came out that he'd already killed a woman. I do kind of miss Peter behind the bar. I I, I don't think that. Well, like I said, as he's a, got a, that air of like the philosophical dreamer, doesn't he? Mm. Of being a bartender. He's the kind of guy you could open your heart to. Yeah, you know, you can picture him standing there behind a bar, cleaning out the inside of yeah. a glass, and somebody's like, come and tell me all your problems. I think that yeah. he, they kind of missed the trick not keeping him there after the whole issue with him and Toya and I know that to split up. Toya being the bar, 
the landlady became a bit of a joke even with us because she was she you know she was a bit too she came back a bit too middle class didn't she yeah but i like that idea of a fish out of water it kind of reminds me of henry a little bit um she just was completely out of touch with what they wanted she was boarded a bunch of wasabi peas which is a running joke for us about the wasabi peas that toy got obsessed with but it kind of reminds me a little bit of of the very original annie and jack Whereas Annie thought she was too good, and Toya maybe she was too good. You know? I just I just I don't, don't think that Toya had the bolsh and the confidence and the the buxomness to pull She's off not... being a landlady. I I think it was not a great move. I think they brought her in with Peter to bring her back as a way to bring her back, and then I think putting Peter behind the bar was a great move. But then it was like, well, I suppose Toya's got to go there as well, and. They just couldn't make it work. What what did work was when they had times when Leanne and Eva... Yes, Leanne, there. Eva and Those Toya three made one really great landlady. Absolutely but, like, fantastic. Toya just together. couldn't hold it for herself, unfortunately. Peak, honestly, this, this era was peak Toya too because she had so many great storylines. Georgia Taylor got so many opportunities to show her talents. She really is talented. Um, her desperation about wanting a baby was great and the way she played off Eva and mm. and Leanne because you know she's she's been friends and colleagues with Jane Danson for many years and it seemed as though she got on really well with um and Catherine Tilsley. Catherine Tilsley when she played Eva I just miss those three together they were fantastic and the Rovers was a really great venue for them it's just a shame that it was either Peter or um Beige woman. Stella Price. Stella. When Stella was behind the bar, I mean, nothing nothing could save that, really. I think that if Kath Tilsley came back into the show now, I mean, I've been complaining about the fact that they've just shoved Toya behind the bar at the Bistro and just because she did go for about a year without a job at all, it seemed. But if they had Eva back and the Bistro was just run by those three again, then it would suddenly get interesting. I tell you what, that would be... I nearly swore then bloody amazing because it would be the powerhouses daisy and Sa- and uh, jenny versus yeah. eva leanne and toya in that would be forget barlow's versus the platz honestly bistro versus rovers that could uh, that could be a year's worth of really epic amazing great personal drama it doesn't you don't have to blow up arlia in a van you don't have to have white supremacists going on a camping trip you don't need to put somebody in a in a um roof box and send him off to Cartmel. Let's have that that. Mm. They're all those actors are really great. I know that Eva's fantastic with comedy. She would be the comic relief of that of the, that trio. I'd, I'd love it, I'd love it. Honestly. <laughs> I'm gunning for this now. What a brilliant idea. Right, two thousand and eighteen. If, if they find if they sense a weakness in the Rovers, those three I don't know what Kath tells these doing, but have you got a number? No, I do not have one. <laughs> Damn! 2018, so... <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll say, okay. Uh, everybody, let's let's start a Twitter campaign. Bring back, bring back Eva. Bring back Eva, Rovers versus Bistro. <laughs> I think this Get is a done. Peter Barlow character profile. I don't know whether... Uh, I'm over it. I'm over it. I say for the third time, 2018. <laughs> so, tragedy for Toya, because she finds out that a surrogate Jackie has lost the baby, but she doesn't tell Peter, because she gets it into her head that she could take Eva's unborn baby, because Eva's pregnant. Eva, she didn't want it. Eva's not given her no reason to think this. What? 
This was Eva's kind of, you know, it wasn't like Eva didn't go along with this. Yeah, no, You make no, it no. sound like she was going to cut the baby out. No, they, they, they came up with a little plan together, didn't they? So she didn't tell Peter. And then when Eva gave birth to baby Susie, Toya whisks it away and presents it to Peter saying, oh, look, our baby has come. Um, and Peter's That's like... That's so cool. This is... Do you know, I told you it was worth signing up for Amazon. <laughs> Peter thinks this is lovely. And I, I felt so bad for him because Toya was... Not being honest, unhinged. shall we say. Yeah, a little bit unhinged. And um, the pair get engaged and things are looking great for, for Toya and Peter. But um, Eva decides after Aiden's untimely death, um, her, her, her ex-boyfriend, that she wants to get closer to this baby. And um, she's, Peter's like, e- Eva's coming around and wanting to hang around our baby too much what's what's up with what's up with her and uh it kind of all eventually comes out Toya decides to confess the truth to Peter the baby isn't actually theirs this is Eva's he ceremoniously dumps her and puts the rovers up to sale and so ends the what 12 months 13 months can't be much longer than that reign with Peter and Toya in the rovers but that baby now is is not in the show is it no it's I'm in France I'm just checking in France with Eva Okay. Yeah. Um, so, Carla is back on the scene. That baby then. would be 11 now. Wouldn't it? Or, or no. oh my gosh. Yeah. No, eight. it'd only be six, seven, eight, yeah. Um, so, not not exciting enough to be a character. Don't bother. Yeah, yeah don't, yeah, keep, keep Wait it. Wait for keep me to be producer, then we'll bring it back. Um, so, all of this time, Peter and Carla haven't been together. And Can I, kind of, that, I kind of... I kind of think that they've always been a couple but they actually have some fairly had had some fairly lengthy stints of of being apart from each other but you know like a pair of magnets they're eventually going to find themselves back to sometimes each other sometimes you're facing and the wrong direction is what repel one another. in the late 2018 That's where how it works. peter decides that he wants to buy the snooker hall in victoria street we still haven't seen inside that snooker hall since uh since, since then, yeah, uh, but we have then. seen inside it. We saw inside it briefly, yeah, because Car- Carla was kind of he, she, he, I think he was working at the factory for a bit. Carla didn't want him there, so she's encouraging him to buy this this snooker hall there. Um, and there was that, then they had that stupid scene where Devon Kirk stupid. think it's haunted, stupid or for the ages, very silly, legendary, and and Carla and Peter project a ghost into the air to make him think called? it's a ghost, the Black Bull Butcher. Yeah. Um, anyway. That goes kind of awry, but there are some nice little scenes of him and Carla snuggling up, snuggling up to each other um, in the bistro, and the seeds are sown for a union in early two thousand and nineteen. Um, so yeah, would, mm. snooker hall. It I, I that would have worked. I, I think it. I really think it would work as a as a place for the kids to go. But the thing is, it's too similar to a pub. We, but then we talked so at the, the t- bistro yeah. slash. We talked at the uh, time. Speedo. We talked at the time about could it work, and and I think it could because it does feel odd that the the youth, you know, the the Aldis, the uh, Ashers, the Amys, uh, where where do they go to drink? The Rovers feels a little bit too traditional and old fashioned for them. The, the bistro, the bistro seems a little bit too high class, and I think that opening up the snooker hall as a as a banging place for the, for the youth to go. I think that could work. But, yeah, five years later and there's just nothing. Amy could have kidnapped someone from the snooker hall. Exactly, exactly. They wouldn't have had to keep using that same set around the back of Roy's Rolls. To Get rid of the bloody uh, prison slash um, chariot square hotel slash 
um, hospital set slash um, police station and insert snooker hall here, please. I think that the snooker hall or whatever it would be would be a place that people would visit more often in real life than all of those other places that you just listed. And the other thing that they've they've dallied with but decided to drop was was a gym. Yeah, yeah. That lasted about a year, didn't it? You know, I think the gym was a good place. I think maybe it was too small. I don't know why. I don't know why they got rid of it. Maybe the actors are like, I'm not doing this and performing. I don't know. You can get bent, but. I mean, the other place that is, is vastly underused and is a place for people to congregate is the community centre. I don't think many people like going to community centres. I, I don't mind. Michael, I'm going to tell you that there are probably more people that go to community centres than go to pubs these you reckon, days. You reckon. Right, 2019, he pulls out of the snooker hall sale, but Carla buys him a boat. Big mistake. He wants, so he can do it up and then he can sell it around the world. And um, Peter takes pity on Abby and gives her a job to help him restore it. I can't remember how long Abby had been in the programme at this point. She might have been like a year or so, possibly. She was very impressionable at this point and she Mm. falls head over heels with Peter. And then there proceeds to be a bit of fagging and shagging Mm -hmm. um, in, in uh, in the boat, which annoys Carla. Um, and then the reason that we mentioned the fagging in particular is because the boat gets set on fire. Um, Abby's, you know, before then, Abby's uh, telling her friends that um, she's being used by Peter, but she wants to go sailing with him, but he turns her down. She gets upset. Seb overhears Peter telling Simon that Abby doesn't mean anything to, to him, and then I think he tells Abby. Mm. Then we suspect her of setting this boat on fire, which nearly kills Simon. Mm. Roy was sleepwalking, you know, how many times have I caught I can't remember what happens in the end. Does he knock something over? Is there yeah, like I think a, it's a lantern. A lan- yeah, that's it. How did you... That, we didn't... We saw, I think we maybe one other time since then we see Peter and Abby together, but how did you find them getting on a bit with each odd. other? It seemed like a bit of a, a, a very un... What's the word? Unlike, well, not unlikely, like... It kind of made sense because they were both damaged souls with addiction issues. Yeah, I like, think that Abby's probably better suited to Peter than she is to Kevin. Yeah, I don't. I just don't particularly see what those two have got in common. Kevin other than and Abby, they, they've got the same job. Kevin and Abby, yeah, no. nothing. But in I suppose it, it's interesting that they're, they're both older men yes. for her, so she's mm-hmm. she's she definitely Safety. needs somebody to look after her. Yeah. So everyone suspects Abby, but it turns out that it. Uh, Right. Well, Carla's trying to set her up because she's in love with Peter. But when Ka- Carla confesses to Peter and then he decides he's going to buy a new boat in Southampton and says it will never work. She confesses her feelings to him, doesn't she? She yeah. after, after all this, she, she's basically seen him and Abby together all this time. And she's starting to remember what she loved about him from the old days. But he's like, no, I'm off to Southampton. Ta-ra. Bye. He doesn't um, stay there long because there's a factory roof collapse and it brings well, him back. Well, it's also not, you know, they haven't done the Bargate Quarter yet and we've got Taco Bell, but it's not that great anymore. So There's no Carla, is it? No. Um, he returns to support Carla when the factory roof collapses and she confesses to Peter that it's her fault because she knew it was faulty. And then Peter gives Gary a £10,000 bribe to say Phelan did this. Gary says he'll do it because he's in massive debt 
to Rick Nealon. Yeah, so it gets be, very complicated and soapy. It does. So Carrie, Gary Carrie. obviously knew that he was the one responsible for this. So yeah, I'd take ten thousand pounds to say somebody else did something I did. Yeah, no problem. Any day of the week. Peter just wants to take the heat off of Carla. Yeah, it comes out that Carla knew about it. Then Roy throws her out of the cafe flat, and Peter takes her in at number one. Then over the following month, this is when Carla has her mental breakdown. She. Her health, mental health deteriorates and she does a runner from the medical centre. Um, and this is when she sees Haley's coat and it turns out to be Rana. Yeah. That was epic. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, but she, she kind of goes away for a bit. She stays in a squat for a while. and um, Who hasn't? And, and then she comes back. because Story of my P- life. Peter is also going through his own addiction issues at the time. Ken doesn't really like the idea of him looking after Carla because he's got his own problems to sort out but yeah she she just gets worse and worse and worse doesn't she and he's a he's a he's a handy guy to have around in a crisis but this is when she had her special britain's got talent week dramatic uh episode where she saw yeah where she saw rana back and at this dead. point also peter's having rehab courtesy of claudia's oh yeah name. yeah claudia was going out with ken at the time she um she, she bankrolled some rehab didn't they so carla ends up in treatment she comes back and she sells underworld to the workers and this is when we get the 10 what is it 50 50 50 centers just stupid and this is when like they abandon all hope of actually plotting who owns what because at one point alia owned the factory that's how stupid this got (laughs) um so this yeah i think it was from this point onwards we've had carla and peter together as a as a solid couple ride or die do you think that the fact that they're both very damaged people, does that make them suited to each other or does it make them unsuitable to each other because neither of them are, are, are yeah, no, perfect? It can know. be dangerous to have people with addictive personalities. Because if they both fall off the wagon at yeah. once, then then they're stuck. But equally, they both understand each other in a way that many people will never be able to. Mm. I think that one thing I like about Peter is he's very calming and reassuring here. If I was having a panic yeah, attack, I said that earlier. having Peter to calm yeah. you down, you, you, that, that'd do the if trick. If I saw Hayley climbing around the roof, I'd call Peter Barlow mm. and say, help me, help me, there's a woman on my roof with a red anorak on. Yeah. I just think it's crazy how little time they did have together when they well, They've been on and off. And, you know, we sorry, we talked about the Weatherfield washing machine and the couples went around and around and it was Leanne, Nick... Carla and Peter and it was kind of up in the air for for quite a lot of the time that they were having these dramas as to who would end up with who because at one point I think almost everybody's married each other apart from Leanne and Carla and Nick and Peter (laughs) and who knows whether those would be actually work out all right in the end but um they've married each other multiple times haven't they by this point yeah and you know the writing is such that you could have put either couple together but they ended up it shook down that it's Leanne and Nick and Carla and Peter. And obviously, Leanne and Nick have got that very, very long history, all the way back to when they were teens, that Carla and Peter don't really have. But I think there's something to be said about finding each other in kind of a bit more of a middle age. Mm. You know, they both know what they want out of life. They're both calm, calm down Car- Carla had definitely calmed down. She, she's not the same person as no. she was. She, she doesn't keep hold of the factory for much longer after this. She's, she's ready to calm down her wild ways. She's finished with her feud with Tracy that, <laughs> that wouldn't get off the screen for a little while ten so years ago. And, and yeah, they just... Yeah, going into their 50s, they 
they made a good match. But many people would have pegged in this couple Carla being the ambitious one. But this was kind of a midlife crisis for both of them, really, where Carla decided that she didn't actually want to be the factory owner anymore. Mm. And also, Peter then started to come out of this just go with the flow kind of easy come easy go kind of life to where he ended up so we've ended up in 2024 with carla rediscovering you know her ambition well not you know in, in 2023 to, to be the factory owner and peter realizing that actually he does have an ambition and he wants to see the world one more time before he settles back down again mm. and you know were they kidding themselves for these this this short period of bliss where they were together I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. But I do think that they needed each other yeah, in this yeah, in this sure. time and they were the best they could have been for each other. It was lovely, but they I think after this period we we were moved, we were past the period of peak Peter. He'd had so many huge storylines since his uh, return. Um, and once Just we get to 2020, it really was that he took a bit of a back seat. He still had some big ones, but but nothing really. It was more of a supporting role than other people's stories. But we also have to acknowledge that, you know, 2020, getting into the pandemic years, yeah. things become more difficult. Yeah. You know, ideas have to go by the wayside. Also, bear in mind that this is the time when you had to stay in your cohorts. So... The production team, and this is only going off of, I don't know this directly, but this is just my, you know, understanding, could be wrong. They would have sat down and gone, right, we need to put all these, we need to put characters into groups, and they can only interact with this group. And so they would have had to have sat down and gone, right, Peter and Peter and Carla, who do they end up with? You know, Toya, who does she end up with? Nick and Leanne, who do they end up with? They have to separate everybody out, and they also have to get rid of a lot of the older cast members too. So Ken's gone for a little bit here. Yeah, he yeah. can't be Peter's rock anymore. Mm. The the he yeah he, he just has a bit of a side character. He gets involved in the the story with Johnny Connor and and Scott and that guy that he was involved in a robbery with. No, it doesn't really do much. He rescues Abby one time when she gets trapped under a car in the garage. There's a guy from the squat that Carla had stayed in the year before that comes and says. Um, no, somebody. No, it's a woman actually. Somebody comes and says, oh, "I'm going to blackmail you because I know that you slept with somebody when you were there." But it, it really wasn't that much. Um, Can I just say? I know. Sorry. Sorry. Right. I want. I really, really want. I don't know if Ian McLeod can do it when he's in the producer's chair, or if it has to wait. He's got a bit more time. I would love Coronation Street production team to do a book about the pandemic years and what actually happened. Yeah, I know. I'd because there's know. so many things that happened that I, I hope we get to find out about. They did a few nice that, behind the scenes things. They but. did, but that's more to do with how do the characters film in a scene when you're not allowed to get within a metre of each other. I want to know what the stories were. We've got bits and pieces. We've picked up some bits and bobs along the along the way since. But what the hell? We're far enough removed that it's... I think it'd be fine to talk about now, but it's if it's too long, people might start forgetting. But also, they're going to forget what happened too, because mm. it's really easy to forget. I'm forgetting what it was like during the pandemic, and I wasn't responsible for one of the nation's favourite <laughs> soaps being on air. Um, so what we did get towards the end of 2020 for Peter was the beginning of his final 
falling off the wagon story and it all starts when he gets mugged one day gets offered a swig of whiskey from some guy's hip flask like a passerby immediately falls off the wagon spectacularly Carla Meal, meanwhile, is having a one-night stand with Adam, of all people, at Chariot Square. Um, And then he is among the suspects of the people that bop Adam on the head that (laughs) Christmas. But yeah, it's it's all kind of spiralling downwards for Peter at the end of the year. Um, But on the plus side, he and Carla do at least get engaged. So there's that always to look forward to in 2021. And we didn't didn't really get to see much in 2021, did we? We have... Yeah, again, because it's the pandemic. There are... Um, yeah. I just want to know so much. I wish I was a fly on the wall. So, he continues drinking. Then he needs a, a, a liver transplant. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I'm confused because Carla had a kidney transplant. <laughs> um, he needed a kidney um, liver transplant and Daniel was a match. There was just there was a lot of scenes in the beginning of 2021 of Peter being found collapsed on the floor, wasn't there, having seizures. There were some really uh, some super powerful scenes. I always remember like when he had to take little doses of whiskey yeah. as his, as his medicine. Great. Chris Gascoigne just really proved that he is as I said earlier, one of Corey's top actors in those scenes. He's phenomenal. It was he he'd been told times before if you have another drink you'll die and this story in the beginning of 2021 was make or break for him so i think is this when daniel and carla were together what? i don't know but daniel and carla well yeah at one point oh, she no, oh yeah him. maybe she does isn't she? <laughs> i don't know remember. i don't know so daniel is a match he he does, says no, and he also rejects Carla supporting him, and he's like, no, I'm going to die, just going to die, it's fine. Yeah, he's he's given up yeah. at this point. He's obviously very low, but he has got a lot of support. Um, and this is a, a quote from Chris. Uh, he got so low that he's totally lost sight of the fact that he really needs to be there for his son. See? What? What's happening now? Yeah, He's I not know. there for his son. Simon is having to deal with Leanne's grief this was Ollie, all on his own, but the drinking has made Peter selfish and oblivious to what was happening around him. He really did come across as quite selfish at this point, didn't he? Like, everybody wanted to support him, but he'd just, he'd just given up. Yep. And, um, well, being an addict makes you inherently selfish. Yeah, he he'd really... He, he never wanted to be back in this position again, and it was like, well, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. So he then... His condition's worsen. He has toxins in his liver, liver failure... He agrees to go on the transplant list. He secretly weds Carla. And then he has a bit of a drama when he collapses at the ceremony. Oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, he's kind of like sweating and panicking through the ceremony. And then they get back to the street and he face plants on the cobbles, doesn't he? He gets his liver transplant in June. And we find out, you know, a bit more about that, who that is this year. Yes. Um, and then he has a quiet the rest of the year, which I think, good for him. Yeah, he kind is of... Is this when... It, does he collapse over Tommy Orpington? I don't think... He wait. fights with Ken. I don't Have remember. Have you written that down? No. Oh, yeah, he did. He punched Ken, didn't he? Yeah. I can't remember when that was. He had a little bit of a scuffle. It was on, like, the 50th anniversary of um, of his mum's death, wasn't it? So that must have been in, like, 2021. Oh, Val. Yeah. Was that when that was? 
We no. don't. Oh, no, no, that was... No, I don't know when that was. Doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't matter. Um, okay, so yeah, Peter's had a bit of a break for 2021. 2022, we are nearly caught up with a, with the current day now. Um, and his main story, which I don't, I don't feel went as as far as it should have done but maybe it wasn't um they didn't realize how much we'd be into it but this it was this dr thorne story the mr thorne the surgeon where um we find he he goes to the to the hospital to find out that his his new liver is all working up and working properly and uh mr thorne is this is this ass arrogant yeah and i'm gonna say that there are unfortunately too many people like this in the medical profession but god knows we need them well he we we, we hear him on the phone bragging to somebody that yeah. when he tra- he transplanted peter's kid uh, liver he did it in super fast speed for a bet yeah and, and then he also it transpires Nature's. that he took a picture of it but i think he put it on social media i can't remember he, but, but foie gras. yeah does anyone want any foie gras and he was just so yeah so arrogant and cocky and Pompous, entitled smug. and and just the, the sort of Everything person that... you hate about rich people. Yeah. Yeah, P- Peter wasn't into that sort... He, he's always been kind of a simple guy, hasn't he? And um, having this this person playing with his life, it kind of <laughs> got his back up somewhat. And uh, he ends up punching him uh, while he, when he encounters him in Chariot Square one time. And the, the, the thing about the Mr. Thorne story is he kind of got away with it at the end, didn't he? There was... Um, the, the, he, Peter complains to the, the GMC and they say, oh, there's no, nothing we can do about it. And then Peter tricks Thorne into recording a confession on his phone. But then Thorne tricks Simon into getting the phone back off of him. And he basically just bogs off to, to Philadelphia to live a, a happy life. And it was a, just a kind of frustratingly unsatisfying ending to the story where we used, we're used to on this programme seeing the villains get their comeuppance and Thorne just didn't um, but it was the, the, I can't remember the name of the guy who played Mr Thorne but he was so so nasty and ca- charismatically irritatingly annoying I, I wish 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 that that story had gone on for longer but it, I guess it partly set the wheels in motion for Peter to become the, the, the he was just kind of a bit anti-establishment and anti-demand and he got involved in the protests and stuff in uh, with, with Spider and Griff at the end of the year, didn't he? And then he became a white supremacist. He didn't, he avoided that because when he went to the, 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 the concert, he noticed the sinister lyrics. lyrics. Sinister lyrics, yeah. It, all, all, but in, in the second half of 2022, again, he's just in small bits. Toya gives him a hug one time after Imran's death, which Sarah... <laughs> what do you um, think the lyrics Imran's were? mum didn't like. I don't know, I don't want to know. He's, he's, he's there as a bit of a helper-outer for Tim's impotence problem. He decides <laughs> that bartering is like better than money. Makes it sound like he helped hold his penis up. Maybe don't worry. he did, I don't know. Don't worry, I know how to make it hard. I'm in there with me. So anyway, th- we're left at the end of 2022 <laughs> with quite a different Peter, who's got a new outlook on life, all because the the the, the NHS, the, the the bedrock of, you know, all that is great what with Britain, had, um, had rejected him and, and made a mockery of his lovely liver. And and it kind of fits with his personality in that he was always a bit of a free spirit, wasn't he? And this, you know, no, as in, I'm getting, I'm getting a look. He was, he was, he came back from LA that time, like you said, 10 years ago with a bit of a 
more chilled, relaxed outlook on life. And he wasn't, he didn't need to follow anyone's rules if it didn't fit his outlook on life, really. Um, but anyway, on to 2023, Gemma, you, you get to do the final year of Peter. How did we get to the stage where he is no longer part of Coronation Street? So sad. Well, he gets his bartering, doesn't he? Yeah. And in in the last year, he decides he wants to barter a bargy to a motorbike. Yeah, Griff gives them some funny ideas. And although the, the racism doesn't stick, the idea that don't be a capitalist, they're like, oh, he's like, yeah, I think I'll, I think that'll Sorry be my goal for 2023. Crayfish as well, but I don't think he got that either. <laughs> um, he gets a motorbike. There's a lady who wants to get rid of it to teach her husband, who's a cheater, a lesson. And uh, that's the end of that, really. <laughs> Could have been a whole year thing, but we're not bitter. He supports Carla. She's got a psychosis, um, which is actually because of Stephen drugging her. And But it seems like it's um, her mental health crisis coming back. So, But he supports her and he pays for her to go to rehab because he finds a watch in his car that he sells. It turns out it's actually Rufus's. And his widow, Lou, finds out that he's done this. And so... This is when Lou gets involved with, she turns out to be a knicker lover and he's a thousand knickers made tomorrow. And so the only place to get them done is Underworld. So Carla goes into business with her, but then she discovers that Peter's stolen this watch and sold it. So Carla and Peter have got no choice. They've got to pay Lou back and they end up in minor financial, major financial problems. I was going to say minor, but that <laughs> would have actually been correct because she did have a quarter of a million quid in her bank account. She could have just given her a 10k to go away. Um, but they're having problems and they've, they're have they also worried because this is when um, Carla thinks that she's uh, she, she knocked over um, Paul. Paul in the in the van. And she's also Ryan, who is her nephew, is got, has had an acid attack. So she's got a lot on her plate. Peter himself is just a bit of a supporter this year, isn't he? Yeah. He's just kind of, Carla's having a rough time at work. Peter kind of gives her a hug and a there there ryan comes to live with him after his, his acid attack peter's like how long is he staying with us <laughs> but also she's struggling and she's feuding with Stephen. Mm. and towards the end of the year he gets more and more paranoid peter about Stephen and what he's up to and and believing carla as carla's hypothesis that he's been drugging her mm. and he ends up knocking Stephen over um, and killing him after he'd been taking um, Jenny hostage. And Audrey immediately blames Peter for Stephen's death and brands him a murderer. So he struggles with that. But even though the police dropped the case against him, he's still struggling with this because he is the reason why Stephen's not alive anymore. And I think anybody would find that a difficult proposition to live with he kind of makes peace with it in some some way doesn't he because he says oh i didn't i thought that he was going to attack jenny there was a bit of a thing with well he dropped the bottle he he wasn't Stephen wasn't an immediate danger to uh, i don't there know how he managed more, to slip out of it really there's just, a lot more to that story than actually ended up playing out on screen because you heard the bottle drop before the car hit Stephen, so you know peter knew that Stephen was not threatening Jenny yeah. at the precise moment he hit him. How much time did he have to, to stop? I don't know. I don't think that's really important. I think the story, I think the story got 
got decomplicated very quickly mm. for the purposes of making Peter's exit it seems a like bit less messy. Audrey just decides, oh yeah, he was a bit of a wrong one really, But the thing is it? though, we heard the bottle drop and we know that, that Peter saw that, but everybody else must have seen it too. Mm. They're all looking at the, in the direction... I, refu- I think I think that I wasn't got particularly satisfied with with the way. That Same that as I wasn't about. with Pat Phelan. I think that the, the 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 only serial killer that's got a really good exit is um, Richard, Richard Hillman, yeah. and I don't think anyone could beat that. But I just feel as though it is much. It it doesn't feel like it's overly complicated to beat that. I think it was a very neatly done ending, and I think that there are so many avenues they could have gone down with both. Pat and Stephen. Well, I still wonder whether... That would have made them neater. After everything that happens, because we, we get the final few months of Peter and he's like, oh, I don't, what's, the, what's the meaning of life? What am I here for? Yeah, exactly. I've got... And, and I wonder, would it have been better if Peter had been sent sent well, down for this? I said that. I suppose that if, if Chris Gascoigne has said, no, I will come back and I probably want to come back in a few years, they couldn't have technically done it. But, but I think if know, we, forget on. about that, it would have been a more shocking and exciting climactic story to his 23 years on the street on and off if he'd have been sent down for Stephen's murder because he did I I think you know um I've I've done a few writing courses and been interested in write creative writing and things and I think one of the biggest tips I ever got ever saw was don't make things easy for yourself and I think Corey's really bad at that because they write themselves easy outs so often. I think it's far more interesting. When you're watching a TV show, when you get to a point at which you think, how on earth are they going to get out of this? I do not understand how they're going to write the way out of this. Mm. For example, spoiler alert for Game of Thrones, but you should watch it by now, The Red Wedding. Rob was the major character in that show up until The Red Wedding, and then they kill him off and his whole family, and you're thinking, what the hell is the show about now? I don't even get what they can, where they can go with this. They took a risk, well, you know, George R. R. Martin took a risk there, and he made his life complicated, and I know that he spiralled into complete... I'm going to say incompetence. I think, I think he's made it a bit going. too complicated for himself But do you know now. what I mean? Like, they just made... They just simplify it. I think Corey's, Corey's problem now is they simplify everything... But it would have been much more interesting to me if Stephen, um, if Peter had gone to prison. And, you know, it's not as though Corey doesn't have precedence for them to say, oh, I just got away with it. He Or he got out, you know, he, he any, anything could happen. Mm. Two years time when Chris Gascoigne wants to, wants to come back to Corey. If he was in prison for killing Stephen, they could have said, it's all right. He got a plea bargain because he went in with a he got a shared a jail cell with somebody and they confessed to him that they committed a murder that was unsolved from 1975 and he told the police about it and he got out because of a, a plea deal. I don't know if that could happen, but it does. It sounds like it could do. Yeah, but what we actually got just ended up feeling just, just like, that little bit unsatisfactory. I don't want to be mean, and I think Chris Gascoigne is great, and you know Peter's a great character, but it just feel like he farted his way to the end. Of, of of his current stint and I bloody hope it he comes wasn't back. a triumphant exit for this character it just it really felt like wasn't. they spaffed an opportunity up the wall and instead we ended up with this slow kind of draining down the toilet because the police dropped the case against him but he still thinks oh I killed I killed uh, I killed Stephen he gets tempted by the booze he goes back to AA meetings and then he, he keeps mooning over Hayes travel adverts and his friend Mickey who's going on a business around the world 
And he keeps saying, let's go, Carl, let's go. And Carl's like, I'm not going, I've got, I've got knickers to sell. And then he starts feeling alienated from Carlo. He's got different priorities to her. She goes to one of his meetings and he's shocked. she's shocked at how what he confesses about his current feelings. Um, and he buys her, he, she buys him a ticket, a one-way ticket to go around the world. And they agree to never see each other again basically he's a bit he's a bit narked at first isn't he when I mean, he says also, well, how are you trying to get rid of me but it doesn't take much convincing also he meets his donors his his liver donor's mother and this woman has lost her son um and she's basically saying you know one thing that's sustaining me is that i'm thinking that you are taking the chance that he never had at life and you're doing something with it mm. and peter's thinking i'm not though am i i'm just sitting around doing nothing, wishing I was somewhere else and and trying to be okay with it because the love of my life, Carla, doesn't want to do anything different to what we're doing now. And then Carla says, here's your chance, just go. And he takes that chance. And, you know, when I say it like that, it makes perfect sense, you know, as a snippet, as a kind of like, you know, an elevator pitch for, for the story. Yeah, it makes sense. But when they did it on screen, it just felt so clunky and silly. And, and rushed. Yeah. It was great that they got that two-hander-ish on Boxing Day. There were like very that few two-handers. Yeah, that gave the opportunity for some lovely deep conversations between the two of them, but it it just felt like a bit more time could and should have But they been knew that he that. was leaving for probably a year. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, that's the way that it and works they went, these days, isn't it? And we know that they Quick discussed, exit. will Stephen die here or there or when? longer, shorter, whatever, and they picked a shorter route for his exit and they did it during whatever week. Super Soap Week. Super Soap Week. Because, oh, Super Soap Week's important. No, it's not. Forget it. Forget Super Soap Week. It's ruining the show. So I'm getting quite agitated here. Instead Instead of leaving Stephen's exit and Peter's exit for Christmas around that time, having a really great bombastic exit for, for both of them, they decided to do it in October when everyone could see it coming a mile away and just have him tapped on the, you know, on the butt with a car that kills him. And then Peter just cries about it for two months and then goes on a cruise. Well, he Why didn't he very end up quiet. in prison? There's, there, there was it another one of these so, exits. It just like they had two, two choices and they went with the poorest option because they didn't want to shut the door on Chris Gascoigne, which I understand, but you've got writers who can come up with anything. Just trust them that in two years' time, when if Chris, when Chris wants to come back, they can write in a way of doing that. Mm. It was another one of the exits where you kind of thinking, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going at Christmas and we're getting, you know, close to mid-December and we've not seen much of him. Are they just going to yep. rush this out the door? And, and they kind of did. I, and I do like that he's a bit of a, a wandering traveller. I like that he can't resist the lure of the sea and he got this character that, that swans in and out. Um, so in, in a way it wasn't, you know, it made more sense for this for him to exit in that way than it would plenty of other characters. But yeah, just, just ever so slightly unsatisfied about it. But do, do you actually think he's going to come back? Are you, are you expecting a return for Peter? Yes, I really am. Mm. Chris Gascoigne's like, you know, he's like a jack-in-the-box on Coronation Street. He pops up every every few years. I, I don't know why he wouldn't want to come back. Peter's not dead. He's just travelling. Um, he's a great character. He's good income. He's still got plenty of links on the street. There's loads. Of, there's always opportunity for a barley to come back. He's got loads of friends on the cast. 
Yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't want him back. There's so many ways to write him in. Carla's still there. His dad's mm. still there. You know, I don't know. Leanne's how. still there. Yep. Yeah. The siren call of all those lovely re- motivations. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that is that is Peter. That's been his full story now, so far. He won't... He, this I don't can't think be this, the end. I, I hope this isn't the end, but it was a kind of a... His final scene when he was on the tram with his music in, it was kind of a bit poetic, wasn't it? It was a and, bit. And dreamy, and it, it could have worked. It could work still <laughs> as an ending scene. Yes, it can. This guy who is the the perpetual wanderer, yeah, just getting on a tram away from the street, nobody else with him, on his own. He's spent so much of his life on his own. That fits with him, but... Uh, I can and, see. and if he came back, would it be exciting? I don't think any of my favourite Cory stories in total have involved Peter, but like I said, I think he's just a great, reliable person to have on the cast. Mm-hmm. And and whatever you do, don't bring him back and have him be an idiot. Yeah. Please avoid idiot. that. I don't think that's his vibe, is it? Mm. Um He's he's been he's been busy since then. He did a bit of panto this year, didn't he? Did Chris? He was in a he was in the all new adventures of Peter Pan playing Captain Hook. I don't, I don't haven't heard any reviews or anything of how that's gone. But that would have been quite fun. Well, we to always go have to. to see a Cory person in uh we do in have panto. Been, yeah. In this year, it was um yeah not him. He spoke in um I don't know what you think about this. He spoke in 2018 about the possibility of Peter literally drinking himself to death, which was certainly on the cards. He said, well if if there's a story where he basically drinks himself to death, which would be a brilliant storyline to play out, I'd be dead and I'd like to do that. Um, are you glad that they've avoided that? Do you think there's still the opportunity for him to do that? Would that have made a better exit this time if he had, if they'd said, no, you said it, you know, Chris, you're saying you're leaving again. We're killing you off with the alcohol. Even from 2018, 2024 Corey is a completely different animal and I think that they would really struggle to do that story now I think there's a lot of baggage involved with issues based storylines I think maybe they might have caused themselves issues by doing issues is that is that a positive they've got to always think about their social responsibility and it's not because soaps are inherently have a more responsibility than anyone else. It's because they've signed themselves up in a sense. You know, they've volunteered for this now. They said, we want to be the place that you come to for life advice. And so to have an alcoholic who struggled on camera since the year 2000 and had a liver transplant, is it responsible to have that character sort of return and then die of, of alcohol alcoholism or is it a more responsible storyline to say he's overcome it and he will we're going to say right now and pledge that this character will has overcome that and put it behind them would because, it be more powerful and hard-hitting if he actually died though with is that going to put saying. people off but that's what i'm losing. saying yeah what are you what are you doing are you enabling people by saying it will turn out all right i know you're an alcoholic now but don't worry about it peter's you, all right it'll turn out all right, all right in the end or or is it irresponsible to say you I know you're struggling you're an alcoholic you're seeing Peter on screen but no matter what you do or how hard you try in the end it's gonna get you they could have gone there just a couple of years ago though couldn't they when he was having his seizures on the floor and when he was having his new liver rejected yeah 
there, there was a time when you think, well, is that actually going to kill him? I suppose, you know, at the time you thought, well, we haven't heard that Chris Gascoigne's leaving. I'm not too worried about it. But if they'd wanted to do it, that would have been the time. Um, it's really difficult. And they're in, a, they're in a position of incredible responsibility. And I'm sure that they they spend a lot of time with experts talking about what the ramifications of these storylines are. And they've had situations in the past where things have been unexpected. They've had an unexpected response from certain things. But erring on the side of supporting people going through something has never steered them wrong. Mm. And I think that, you know, for example, with Aiden's story, even though his story ended in a really tragic way, it was supportive of people who were going through that. But would that be the same result if Peter died for people who are struggling with alcoholism? I don't think so. I think you need hope. I think that... I don't know. I think that as a, a shock death and just to say this was... I know, but that's what I mean. This is why they This is why they kind of caused themselves a problem. And I don't know what I would do in the same situation. They've, they've kind of set themselves up as as sort of being you know the moral kind of centerpiece of of british television mm, well just we at the end of the day i i like to learn things and i want to i want them to showcase issues but i don't want it to be sac- in sacrifice to a story and i don't want everything to revolve around what's the worst thing that can happen if somebody watches this which i you know i, I don't know that's probably really selfish what's the worst thing that could happen if somebody watches this well you know the worst thing that could happen is very, very serious fatal consequences for some people. Hmm. They've they've done it. They Coronation Street has put this responsibility upon themselves, and I'm going to say, with that knowledge in mind, I would hope that Peter would never come back and have a fatal story to do with his alcoholism. I think it would be a kind of a shame. Because we were told he's got one more drink till he dies, and then and then they were able to almost give him a bit of a reset with a new liver. And I think if they started going down that storyline route again, it'd feel a bit like here we go again. I, I like the idea that he has before. triumphed over this now, and it's always going to be there. You're always an alcoholic. It's always, you know, well, you have to be people, careful. For... You know, that's some people's perception peter's peter's certainly that's his perception yeah is that if he when we saw from when he had that little swig from the hip flask a few years ago that's all it took to get him yeah back off the wagon again um it's very complicated they they, it's a can of worms in a sense i think he's too maybe too important a character to lose that way as well he there was there was one interesting interview that i read with him the other day where he was saying well you know you don't need me daniel's kind of the future of the barlow clan now not peter and i i certainly don't see the peter barlow through simon barlow lineage being the weakest branch of the barlow dream and and daniel is a lot more of the young Ken than Peter was, but I know. But if I'm thinking of oh, who's where's it going? I'm definitely thinking, I'm definitely thinking Peter Simon before I think Daniel Bertie. Bertie's is that no, just because Bertie's, Bertie's too young? We've got to wait a long time. Bertie's not a Barlow to me. I think he is. He's yeah, definitely. They're going to have to do a lot of work to make him a Barlow. Mm. Well, they don't have to worry about that for a good 10, 15 years anyway. And who knows what shape the street will be in. But it'd be very interesting to see whether... Because obviously Daniel doesn't even have the the Barlow surname. No. Um, Will Bertie Osborne ever become Bertie Barlow? 
Yeah, I don't know how it would happen, but you're right. The, the name does carry a lot of clout. Though, it really it? does. It's important. I, you know, this is coming from somebody who kept my own surname. Mm. And uh, I, I certainly you... don't want the patriarchal um, surname thing to be to be a big deal. But in Coronation Street, it really it is. Something. It does. I think that, you know, we've got... Tra- Tracy has become Tracy McDonald. But I'd like kind of maybe Amy, if she ever gets married, to keep her own surname. I think that if anywhere... That, that although she's not even a she's, proper Barlow anyway, she's, either. she's Barlow, not a Barlow by blood. But that's her name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. She's Amy Barlow. I'd like her to stay as Amy Barlow. So who's you... the best grandchild? Amy, Simon, or Bertie? Best in what way? Who's the Barlowest grandchild? I think <laughs> I Amy is. I don't know. I even think... though she's no relation. Yeah, yeah. Because she's been with, you know, she's Tracy's daughter, and Tracy has been in it. Pretty much, and on Tracy a, really the was Ken's daughter yeah. more than she was Ray's Ray's, daughter. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe we don't need Peter to keep that that line going. I don't well, know. he is an important character. Yeah. Um, and he's been in it for a very, very, very long time, even if it hasn't been played by Chris Gascoigne. I can just imagine there being a scene where he di- like. Can you imagine Ken at Peter's funeral? That'd be yeah, I can utterly actually. tragic. It is tragic. Yeah. But I can imagine that more than I can imagine. That's what happens when you vow to live forever. (laughs) Definite possibility of burying your own children. Mm. Um, Right, shall we end it there? I think we have said all we've got to say about Peter. We've definitely given Peter's years from 2013 on a bit more attention than we did... Just a, tad, just a tad, just a tad. He's, I mean, out of all those stories that we discussed today, which one would you say was your favourite? Was it the, was it the, the relapse and the, and the, and the liver transplant? Was it the, um, was it him with Toya? Was it? I don't know that, I feel like Peter's story, I guess, feels a bit more like a real person's life story than, than a lot of other characters. He's just had big set pieces and they lurch from one to the other. You're right. Yeah, it, it, you're, you're right. There, there were definite kind of. This is the bit where he's in prison, and this is the bit where he's in in the. If rovers, this was a biography but... of a real person, I'd go. Gosh, that was an eventful life. But I wouldn't say that sounds. Wrong. He, he's not had huge periods where he's not had much to do. Yeah. But equally, I wouldn't say he's he's not really been the face of the show at all. He's had a sad long life. Yeah. I I would I was so impressed with the with the stuff from a couple of years ago when he was collapsing all over the place and foaming at the he mouth. He was good, yeah. That I thought I thought it was so good then. Um, and I did enjoy the stuff with him and Toya, but that was more because Toya was fantastic yeah, and, and and complicated. And the, and the Jim McDonald storyline with him is always going to be a. A winner for you. A, w- a winner for me, yeah. Right, anyway, sorry, I said we were going to What go. were your favourite bits? What Tell are your favourite Peter, Peter moments? Bits. I think probably one of the most iconic bits was when he t- pitches up at the 40th with his knapsack over his, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's the I thing mean, about Peter. He turned up on in the year 2000 with his duffel bag, like, propped you know, under, under his hand, propped over his shoulder. And when he went off to... This round the world adventure. Yeah, he, he wandered he in and he wandered bag. out, didn't he? He took about the yeah. same amount of, of of items with him in his little duffel bag as he as he arrived with all those years before. So, what what's he got he, to show for the last twenty three well, years? You could say street. that, but you could also say it's like he collected baggage and then he shed it. Yeah, and he ended up. It's kind of zen in a way. He's like he's quite a zen character. Yeah, yeah. We I, should do a book, a, a, 
a Christmas book for the toilet, The Zen of Peter Barlow. <laughs> I think that if we were going to count his whole time, and which ones were favourite, I think the uh, the Big and Me story definitely hands out, uh, holds out pretty strong. I don't know what I would say for my favourite Peter Peter moments. I think, yeah, I think just crying over... Um, if I think of Peter, I think crying over a whiskey bottle yeah. or walking around with a double bag <laughs> over his shoulder. Right, anyway, I'm going to attempt this to get... I just didn't want this to end, but I, end it must. We must have our I enjoyed dinner. that, did you? Mean, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. I hope, I hope people enjoyed listening and reminiscing over there. The last um, escapades. Tw- escapades that Peter has been getting up to in the last 15 years. But if we have missed anything, as always, or if you've got I mean, anything particular l- that you want to say about Hang Peter, on. do write in and let us know. How long has he been in the show for? What? The character? The what, character? The, not since his return. Since 1960... Oh, 65, is it? Yeah. Like, really, a, honestly, I know we say A that, jolly long time. I know we say Coronation Street's the story of, of Ken Barlow, because he was 18 in the first episode and he's still in it now. But... Peter Barlow is probably one of the earliest births on Corrie that's still in the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. Easily. Well, he's, he's the, is definitely it not, the Is it not the story of Peter Barlow? Else. Yeah, but he did have too long a, too long a time. He's been in, show, in and out he? of it, but... Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm sorry to disrupt your That's your okay, that's okay. Finale. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Peter out. <laughs>